we still have problems, don't get me wrong, but but at least we're the man, you know, we can call up the vendor and ask the questions and get the answers. I don't have to rely on Sally, new employee to get back to me in a timely way. And I just got so tired of that. And really, that was part of the the driving force to do it. The Wingnut Social Podcast, episode 32. Should you have a showroom for your interior design business? We're going to find out with Cheryl Keys Clendenin. Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating digital influence into physical success. This is your social media tightly fastened. Now welcome the host of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell. Hey there, Wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I am your host, the head Wingnut, Darla Powell, and I am joined by the ever-afflicted person with gingivitis. Natalie Graf. I am so glad to see that you've comfortably settled into your new title, your new moniker. You're not even fighting me anymore. That's heartwarming. I, I can't fight anymore. You have you have sucked all of the fight out of me. <laughs> Natalie Ann Graf. Today we're batching a couple of episodes of podcasts all in one day, which supposedly is how you're supposed to do it. And I just ate, if you guys have tuned into last week's podcast with Marianne Cherico, you will know that I ate half of a Snickers, of which I received lots of chastising from the soulless ginger and now have eaten the second half. So today on the podcast, we have Cheryl Keys Clendenin who only had to teach me how to say her name a hundred times. And she informed me that it's Scottish, Clendenin, Clendenin, Clendenin. Look, I got it. I think I got it. Keys Clendenin. So, of course, after she told me it was Scottish, I had to break into all my Braveheart impersonations. And I was screaming, Frida! (laughs) Yeah, right? I I hope I didn't scare her away. You talked to her long enough. She'll be here. Yeah, right? She's kind of obligated at this point. At this point. So where Cheryl caught my eye, she has a great Facebook group called Small Business Think Big. But before that, she was in our Facebook group, the Wingnut Social Media Lab. Did you kick her out? No, she's still there. She's just busy. Just I'm hardly in there because I'm so busy. So Cheryl is really, really smart business lady. She's even a business coach for interior designers. But I am going to pick, or we are, I should say, her brain today because she has that unicorn, that golden unicorn thing that designers all want, but not so sure that it's a smart idea. And that is a showroom for her design business. You know, you and I have been kind of kicking that around where there's some local showrooms here, you know, that have beautiful things and they have their designers that work from them. And I'm like, man, that looks like a really good business model. But because, you know, all the shopping online and, you know, people go in showrooms, they sit in it and then they buy it online. Is it a smart idea? Has it helped her design business? Is it, you know, something that she would recommend for new designers or even established designers to add to their repertoire? We're going to find out today. And I think this is going to be a a really uh, good subject. And I know it's a very hot topic, especially in, like I said, today's climate with Howells and Wayfair and God knows what. So let me tell you a little bit about Cheryl Keys Clendenin. Freedom. (laughs) Listen, that's not a very good Mel Gibson, I know. Cheryl Keys Clendenin is the owner and lead designer of In Detail Interiors. Never afraid to go against the status quo, Cheryl has been an influential presence in the design industry for over 18 years. Her sharp wit, bold opinions, innovative designs, and attention to detail have earned her national recognition and more design awards than any firm on the Gulf Coast. Cheryl and her firm have been published in over 60 consumer magazines and books, including Kitchen and Bath Business Magazine and Traditional Home. Cheryl approaches each project from big to small with the same detail-oriented and fresh, unpredictable design aesthetic that has garnered her national attention. Although she is based in Pensacola, Florida, hey, she's a neighbor, her clients range from San Diego to New Jersey Shore and all along the Gulf Coast. She's a 10-hour neighbor. That's still a neighbor. In the 10 big, hours, Darla. That's in the big scheme of things. Neighbor. It doesn't take 10 hours to get to Pensacola, does it? From Miami, that's not 10 Do hours. you live in a box? Sometimes. It takes that. It's a long way. She's still a neighbor. It's still a car ride. She just Cheryl, we could a, hang out. She lives in the same state. We could still hang out. <laughs> 
<laughs> you want to just drive over for drinks. Oh, before we welcome Cheryl to the show, Natalie, what do we have going on? Let's see. You know, on the last episode, I gave the wrong dates again for Luann Live. I know. That's you because know. I'm really just not with it all the time. It's actually going to be March 30th through April 1st. And I said March 29th. And actually, when this episode airs... Mm-hmm. On the 27th, mm-hmm. we get it on a big jet plane. That's right. We'll be leaving yeah. Thursday, Thursday morning. That's right. As this episode's playing and is in your hot little ears, we will be flying to the Short- next day on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. Short Hills, New Jersey. For Luann Live. And we're staying at the Hilton. Mm-hmm. LuannLive.com. We're going to be emceeing that two and a half day extravaganza of a whole bunch of big brained market interior design expert type people who are going to help take your business to that next level. It's going to be lots of learning, lots of hard work. Luann likes to say it's going to be lots of hard work, right? And some people dig that, but I'm there for the fun and the party. So <laughs> no, I really do want to learn. It is going to be a lot of learning and a lot of really productive information that you're going to get for your interior design business. But I'm not going to lie. I have a new flask. If you guys have watched our Instagram TV and our stories that I may partake of in between speakers, Ah, maybe yes. even during on some of them. Well, it depends, <laughs> it depends on the speaker. <laughs> and after that, we have a really quick short turnaround where we will turn right back around and be at High Point. That's right. We're going to be at High Point on Spring Saturday, Market. Saturday, we arrive on Friday. Yep. Events don't start till Saturday, but the main event that Darla wants everybody to know about is mm-hmm. on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Well, was there, I have actually have two. I have a panel I'm doing with AS. ID at noon. And I think that's in the in the main muckety muck grand stagey thing. Or you have to look at the um the high point website. And also Nicole Freakenheimer. I think that's her new middle name, Freaken. I like it. She'd like it. She and I both adore finger guns, so I feel pretty confident she would like Freakin. Are doing a discussion at Chandra Rugs at 2 p.m. on Sunday the 7th about how to get real clients from your social media posts. And there will be mustaches there. For your questions, yes. Right. This is really happening. It is happening. And we were also promised that by uh, Chandra Ruggs, Ravi Tawari, and uh, Sarah Danielli of My Doma Studio that there will be whiskey there. There better be or I ain't going. <laughs> yeah. If you want Natalie anywhere, here's a little here's a little trick. Just little whiskey shots, like in a line, like, you know, in Hansel and Gretel when they get lost in the woods. Was that the Hansel and Gretel? I can't remember, but Yeah, but Oh. <laughs> yeah, was, that was Hansel and Gretel. Yeah, it was, but it wasn't whiskey shots. It was bread. I, I have creative license. Okay. Okay, guys. So let's get into the nitty gritty. Showrooms. Are they worth it? Do we want to have one? We're going to ask Cheryl Keys Clendenin. Well, I almost messed it up. Help me in welcoming her to the podcast. Hey there, Cheryl. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm here, ready to go. <laughs> Are you sure you're ready for this? Because this 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 could get this could get a little crazy. Because Darla and I have lots to uh, we have a lot on yeah. this topic. It's it's pros and cons, and so we're just going to put you right in the fire. Well, here's my thing. Right, I grew up. My my parent, my mom had an antique shop, gift shop. My grandparents had antique shops. So I've kind of grown up with you know retail shops and stores and showrooms and you know you know the ilk in the family. So I have like this little itch. To not only have my, you know, design studio, which right now we're still working remotely from our home, but to maybe have a showroom studio combo. Mm-hmm. And I was telling the wingnuts that we know that this is something that you excel at, that you have a lot of experience at, and you're a one hell of a smart cookie. Mm, I don't know about that, but I got a lot of experience. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Trust me when I tell you. Hey, listen, if I say you're smart, you're smart. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. It. Wait a minute, that's not saying much. Okay, but still take it for what it's worth. You are. No, you really are. So we wanted to pick your brains uh, for us and on behalf of the listeners on, you know, is having a showroom, is it still relevant? Is it, Does it still help your design business anymore? Because, you know, as I was explaining this day and age of, you know, Howl's and Wayfair and God knows what else, you know. Amazon. Amazon, Article, you know, all these just online um, people shopping you, you know, coming in, placing their fat butts in your sofa and then ordering it online. We want to know, you know, what the bottom line is for having a showroom, how it's affected your design business, you know, how it's impacted you on your design income. And we want to get into the nitty gritty from there. So let's begin, shall we? Okay. Well, I would say, you know, a lot of it, there's, there's, this is just such, this is like probably an entire you know, 12 hour podcast, honestly, to get really into the nitty gritty on it. So I'll try to hit some of the the high points and then we can, 
Yeah, the nitty, the nitty, not the gritty. Um, you know, it depends on the type of business model you want. It depends on your your own personality in terms of dealing with the public and wanting to have a walk-in type showroom versus a showroom that is uh, not walk-in, which is how mine started. I didn't think I would have people come in at all. I just was simply doing it for one reason and one reason only, and that is to get the best freaking prices from the vendors. Oh. So that shopping me became irrelevant, and it's still irrelevant today. We don't get shopped. We even put it in our contract that, uh, that our pricing is going to be. I don't, I don't ever use absolutes in a contract because mm-hmm. my dad's an attorney and I learned better than that. <laughs> nice. But, uh, but we even put it in our contract that you don't have to, we address it straight up, just like I am straight up. Hey, you don't have to worry about shopping us because we shop ourselves and we make sure that if we suggest something to you that you're getting the best price typically. And I use a little disclaimer words in there and I may say to a client person, Hey, you know, I can't promise you that you might not find this lamp on eBay for $5 less, but you know, you're getting the idea that, that we're doing it. And that's really honestly why I started the retail. It was in 2009 when the recession was looking, you know, pretty gloomy and um, we were busy as all get out. I even had more employees then than I do now. And uh, we, we kept getting asked to do other things, you know, and to do more and more. And we did a little uh, full service design, but I was heavy duty into kitchens and bathrooms and new construction, all the things that go along with new construction from molding to flooring to everything. And um, I wasn't making the profit that I thought we should make, mm-hmm. even though we had a couple of really stellar years. So I had this great idea to, um, to start a retail showroom. So I found a great location which I thought was a great location. It turns out it was not a great location. Mm. And, uh, and we started and really, honestly, I was buying simply, I, I spent a year and a half researching lines, which is really, really, really important as to what you carry in the showroom. Um, and so we spent a lot of, uh, time doing that and then deciding on what we wanted to, to have. And then I wasn't going to open to the public. I was really just doing it for clients. So yes, it can be relevant to, to clients and it has helped our business without that's like the single best thing ever for us okay single best thing when you first started and it wasn't open to the public was it more like a, a warehouse type of space or it was an old building it was a drugstore and it was all open brick walls and all that very cool place but i was renting it but yeah it was uh it was big open space and that sort of thing uh, we were able to build it out ourselves so i had offices in the back and then in the front was a showroom and it was pretty crappy i have to say i look back at pictures and i'm i'm horrified uh, at how it how we merchandise and how we did it and all that, because it wasn't really meant to be John Q public um, walking in, but that only lasted for maybe a month. Right. And then we decided to open it up. When you say that you did it just for the pricing. So for the designers or maybe newer designers that aren't listening here, explain that a little bit. To what end? We wanted to get the best pricing possible. I am a salesperson from the word go, and that is my background also. So I'm all about getting the best pricing. I don't want to leave money on the table and I'm sure as heck not going to, be going down to the corner store to shop for somebody because it's just not who I am. It's, it's, it's my personality that's not going to really work for that because I don't like relying on other people to know if my sofa is in for a client or is the fabric here yet or is this happening mm-hmm. or is it happening? I, I can't do that. I mean, we check in our own merchandise and we call on them and we still have problems. Don't get me wrong, but but at least we're the man, you know, we can call sure. up the vendor and ask the questions and get the answers. <laughs> I don't have to rely on Sally, you know, new employee to get back to me and in a timely way. And I just got so tired of that. And really that was part of the, the driving force to do it. Um, when we were doing kitchens and bathrooms because of lighting and all that, the, all the things that we did that was interior design related to, to the kitchens and bathrooms. And I had a little shop before um, years and years ago, when I first started, I had a little shop too. And it, inventory pretty much ate my butt. I mean, it was it was tough. And I was trying to do too much <laughs> and I didn't have good help. And there's a lot of reasons why it was very successful, but it failed ultimately in the sense, not from a money sense, but from a, a sanity sense, you know? So I learned a lot from that experience. Mm, yeah. but, but really the pricing part of it is is a key element because we, we run a lot of jobs. We have a lot of projects and, um, you know, I have, six employees and we're down. So having a showroom just helped you to order more volume to get the lower pricing. Is that where we're at with that? Yes, it was. We, we were more of a player. Oh, gotcha. Okay. To the vendors. And plus it gave me a place to put things. 
So we had like a showroom space to actually put things there. But yes, we're getting the best pricing. There is nothing that we sell to a client that is not at the best possible pricing short of ordering a container if it's that type of a line or doing, you know, two or $300,000 a year with one line. Oh, wow. Uh, so we, we're buying at, you know, true wholesale or stocking dealer, um, depending on how the manufacturer words it, because some say wholesale, but that really is a code word for designer pricing. And then they, designers think they're getting wholesale, but they're really not. Stocking dealer is typically the lowest price. Um, and there's even lower than that if you do a lot of money. And, and we, we, there's fabric lines that we do that, that we get better pricing than anybody else does because of the volume. So I've curated these, these lines to be able to, to get the best pricing we can for our clients. That was the original intent and goal. And still, I will say honestly that the majority, and I track all this, the majority of our sales are still to clients overall. It's not people just wandering in and saying, Oh, I just was deciding today I wanted a new sofa. I think I'll take that one home with me today. Can you fit it in my car? That's not the way it works. It's, it takes a long time to build that up. And we do not spend an inordinate amount of time trying to promote the walk in because we're so busy <laughs> that sometimes walking people, it, it's, you know, sure. <laughs> it can, it can distract you from, you know, your other, your other jobs where people are paying you a design fee to actually, you know, do their job. So, you know, there's a balance there. Let me ask you this then you, so you said that there, you, clients aren't shopping you because you're shopping yourself. So in your showroom, you're carrying all, trade only stuff. I'm assuming then. No, no. Huh? Okay. We are big lines. We carry ba- Bernhardt. We carry Vanguard. Um, you know, all the, all the typical retail quote unquote retail lines, arterias, curry and curry, um, mm-hmm. some smaller lines, uh, to, you know, I'm trying to think of, I should go look at the list because I could tell you, cause I never, when people ask me like, what lines do you carry? I'm going, uh, let me think for a minute, but it's, it, but it's the lines that everybody talks about in groups sure. and things like that. I mean, for the most part, we, we do custom also, we, we design custom furniture and we'll have that built locally. I've mm-hmm. worked with my cabinet maker for 20 years. So, so that's not a problem. We do a lot of that, but we do a lot of lighting, uh, Hubbardton Forge. We do hardware. We, we're a Rocky wow. Mountain hardware dealer. Wow. We sell knobs and handles and things like that also. Hey, listen, you know what? If, if I can make money on it, I'm selling it. Okay, baby. That's the way I look at it. And, <laughs> and it's the truth. It's the truth. We sell, we sell tile I, in my attic here at this building. We have a vertible tile store. Kid you not. Of tile and we are porcelainosa. We're a porcelainosa dealer. Oh, wow. No way. Really? I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Well, we do it. A lot of it is negotiating mm-hmm. deals with people and, um, with vendors and becoming more important. And I have learned so, so much over the years. And it's, uh, but, but yeah. So we, we sell, we're doing a, a condo on the beach right now where every bit of it is porcelainosa. All the bathrooms are 4,000 square feet of tile on the floor is porcelainosa. All the bathrooms are Portland. And listen, if anybody out there wants to do that, all you have to do is take people in order like that. And I get you, guarantee you that they are going to mm. play ball with you. You know, I mean, the only time it's a problem is when you're really, if you're in North Carolina and you're near High Point, that's a problem for a lot of my friends that live in Charlotte. And if you are, if you have a big dealer down the street from you, but there's even ways to get around that too. There is like really a whole nother podcast because there's ways to, to be tricky about that. And when I say tricky, I don't mean deceivious, deceiving someone. I mean more of, it's all about the sales. You have to be able to sell to the vendor also. I'll never forget, seriously, when I started with Vanguard. Okay, that rep, I mean, and he's now like a mucky muck and I think he's about to retire, but he was not interested in dealing with us. He just looked at me as a pain <laughs> in the butt, like a lot of people probably feel when they ask me like, how do you get these people to talk to you? You know, and here we are. We just started out and doing all this. And I'm like, I've decided I want to carry Vanguard. I like their line. I went to them at market and I like their stuff. And he was like, Cheryl, look, you're going to have to do all this money and spend all this money every year. You know, are you really going to be able to do that? Well, that's all it took <laughs> for me to say, you're damn right. I will. I'll freaking buy an entire house full and put it in my own house if I have to. I mean, I didn't say that to him, but that was my attitude about it. And you have to, here's the thing too, seriously, you have to be capitalized. People that, and I get, this is in, in, in my consulting part of my business, this is the biggest area that people want to talk to me about is, is retail and mm-hmm. opening up a showroom. And I see people on, in Facebook groups and whatnot saying, I just want to open up a showroom. I don't want to do, and they don't really have an idea of, you have to have some bucks to do this. You just don't go out and decide to open up a showroom with no money. You have to be willing to take the risks to get the rewards. And that's true on any business, but 
for some designers that are working out of their home or a small office or whatever that haven't really had to invest a lot of serious cash in what they're doing, I don't think that they always think about that. And you do have to be well capitalized. What would a range be like what to say to if you are working out of your your studio or your guest house, let's say here? I got to guess. <laughs> Am I allowed to guess? <laughs> yeah, let's guess. What would you have to have, do you think, to start something like this? And at I have least, another question. At least up. 100K. At least, I would say. Wouldn't at you least. say? Yeah. yeah. No, I started with way I started with way less than that. Oh, really? It depends on the size of the okay. Yeah, sure. Oh, absolutely. And I built it. And, and, and I'm still building. I still build, you know, mm-hmm. every day. We're still building. You know, I, I'm not going to tell anybody that I've got, you know, we get more and more traffic every day. Since January 1st, I swear to God, we have been super busy. And I don't know what I'm doing to get all that. <laughs> and I'm not talking about design, that too. But right. I'm talking about with, with retail people coming in and buying a sofa off the floor. Okay. Like, you're kidding me. You want to take it home? We'll deliver it tomorrow. I mean, you know, but I think that it has to be built up. So you do not have to do it with $100,000. Okay. It depends on the time. There's so many variables here though you have to it depends on the size of the showroom okay it depends on the the uh what you're going to carry what lines you've decided if you're going to niche and do only lighting because there's no lighting store near you or mm-hmm. if you're going to do like the whole gamut because you want to be like me and you want to sell it all because that's how i feel i want to be like you cheryl okay you want to sell it all <laughs> then for a long time i i fought doing little things in our showroom um and, and, and let's talk about this for a second because there's a retail there's a showroom there's a shop Sometimes those room, those words get uh, interchanged. What I'm talking about is we have a showroom slash shop, meaning I have things that you can order. And then there's things you can just take home too, meaning Rocky Mountain hardware displays, all of that, sink displays. I don't have a lot of plumbing, but we do the specialty stuff like Victorian Albert tubs. I'm a dealer of Victorian Albert tubs. You know, we have one on the floor. It's in the bathroom in our carriage house. It works. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a working tub. So, so that's like a little more showroom-ish. Right. If you've seen any of the pictures, I mean, there's tons of little things too. And I fought that for a while, but people want to come in and if they like your aura and your personality and the style of your shop, they, they often want to buy something. They want to patronize you. Mm-hmm. And this is the truth. So we, we sell a freaking lot of candles to the point of <laughs> where I say, you know, I'll say to somebody that to, to Liz or somebody, I'll say, that's a lot of candles right there, Liz. Meaning if we sell this, if we do this, if we do this deal over here, that's a lot of candles, you know, meaning oh, that's, gotcha. that's, do you see what I'm saying? That's how much <laughs> yeah. it's become sort of this, you know, this thing, but, but we sell the little things so that people can come in and, and it merchandises well. And that's where, where I think Natalie, what you're talking about with, with the cat, you know, the money coming up that you have to have, I probably have a hundred thousand dollars of inventory right now, but I didn't start with that. You know, I probably okay. have a little more than that. That's a lot lower than I would have guessed. And yeah. Me, well, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah, that is a lot lower. But what I have a burning, it's really bothered me because everybody wants to talk about. There's a about, cream for that. Yeah, I know. Oh, you're talking about a question. <laughs> okay. Everybody wants to know about discounts. Clients that we've been running into, for some reason, think that we should extend a discount. Split the discount. We should or, split oh, a yeah. discount. But you okay. said that okay. you shop for your, you will not be out shopped. You shop for yourself. Yeah. So you, if, if, a, so my poor little ginger brain rem- can get ginger. this. Yep. You go out and get the best price that you can pay for it. And then you, I'm assuming, how do you, yeah. mark that yeah. up. I, what's your, how do you, what's your barometer? Well, let's talk about this for a second. Okay. So, so I'm going to make it very clear, you know, because I've talked about this in groups and said this before. And, you know, if you heard me talk in the, the groups and things that we talk about or anything that we talk about in your group or whatever, sometimes I'm a little bit adversarial person or not adversarial, but, but I will say something that other people think because I get lots of messages. You know, <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I was too chicken to say it or whatever. I get a lot of that, but I will tell you that I do not believe in splitting discounts at all. I don't believe in the word. It's on my band look, band list words. We do not say discount here in this building. We don't say package. We don't say usually. We don't say etc. We don't say I think or I'll try, you know, no problem. Don't worry about it. All these kind of things are just, I'm joking kind of, but kind of not. Meaning, yeah, I think, you're not joking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, can, you know, I, can, I can figure that out just by the way you're talking. You're not sorry, joking. not sorry. Well, I mean, the thing is, I say that sometimes, but I don't say discount. You won't hear me say package. But I think that because I think package just Oh, it just it grates on my nerves. I think of package meaning, you know, like some, I don't, well, anyway, I won't go down that path because, you know, we'll talk about the, that's <laughs> can of worms, a can of worms show and everything, but like, or a package store, <laughs> you know, you go and you, you go to the package store to buy beer. I mean, am I showing my age or something? I don't know, but, but I just don't <laughs> think package is a good, if you want to present this 
upscale demeanor to a client or you want to do all, you know, do all that. And then you go talk, I have the, the 699 package or the 1299 package or the 1499 package. I just think that goes against every bit of marketing and branding I've ever learned or been taught in my entire life, starting at an ad agency when I was 21 years old. So to me, that's not good. Going back to the discount, we, I don't believe people should split their discounts. And if clients, if clients think that my clients have never asked me for that. Seriously, you guys never has anybody ever asked me about that. Not even one time. I think it's something that people set up and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy to the discounts. Like, why would you do that? You know, I get a discount Mm -hmm. from, could it be the area? It, it, you know, it might the be. area that, that you're in and where you live and, and they just assume that you're going to give them a discount because they might be somebody important. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 may, it may be. It may be. It may mm. be. We, we, we always talk about an overall budget and, and don't talk about, you know, the I, I group things together often. You know, I don't always have to worry about that. I mean, I'm very transparent with people, but I don't I'm not I don't go and say I don't do cost plus. I think that's a dying way of of uh pricing. I just think that's way long. That ship has sailed a long time ago, and I'm sure there's people listening that that might disagree and if it works for you, great. Hey, you know, do it. But I think that overall um my outlook as it is that the price is the price, but we establish value from the very minute that you call my shop, we're establishing value. It is something that I drill into my to my people in a myriad of ways into to everybody that answers the phone, greet somebody here. We are establishing value. And what I mean by that is just who we are, what we do, our personality, everything about it is establishing value because it is valuable to deal, to deal with us. I think that we're pretty cool and pretty fun and, and all of that. So, so there, that's a value also, but, it, but as it comes down to the real nuts and bolts of it in what you're talking about, Natalie, is that we don't, we don't go into that. I, I setting it up to where, the people to, for us, them to work with us as design client, they have to buy into a flat fee, our flat fee that we're going to, you know, charge. And they have to be comfortable that, that I'm worth that based on my reviews, my portfolio, uh, meeting me, et cetera, et cetera. And then on top, oh, see, I just said, et cetera. And then on top of that, uh, <laughs> they, there's a minimum expenditure. So it might be th- in your shop or your showroom, it, not in my showroom it, with my firm. Yeah. So it, it doesn't, okay. it doesn't have to be something that we even carry. I mean, I might open a line just because, ah. just because, you know, I mean, hell, if it's $5,000 opening order, that's like nothing to me. I can, if, and I can, if I can pre-sell ahead of time to a client, then I'm right. going to go to, to market with that in mind. So, and that's a great, that's in your LOA. That- it's in our contract that we don't, that we shop ourselves. It's in our agreement that we, uh, that there's a minimum expenditure. Yes, absolutely. It's a minimum expenditure. And we've never been challenged on it. I like it. that. Can, can you give us an example of an, a minimum? Yeah, it just depends. It depends on the space. We generally speaking, I look at it this way. I generally speaking right now, you know, like I always say next week, I could be working at Whataburger, but this week we're really busy. <laughs> so, you know, to work with us, we're going to have to be able to, to at least clear like a 20 grand profit on the job. You know, that's how okay. we look at it. Right. That, that would be a minimum. And, you know, and we're, you know, we're not in the real high rent district here. We're in Pensacola, Florida, you know, and that kind of thing. Although I work right. outside it's of- It's a nice area. Yeah, it's a very nice area. And there's a lot of money here, but, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. we get, I don't get to, I'm not allowed to answer the phone and talk to people because I will help anybody because I'm that way. And I want, <laughs> I want to win every job. And Liz tells me we, we can't do that. We can't win every job. So- yeah. So there's always got to be, there's always got to be that person that says, no, we, we can't do that on every job, but it, but it may be a hundred thousand dollars. It may be $300,000 if you're doing an entire, you know, brand new house or something. And it's all within lines that we carry. That's the way it has to be. Um, so, you know, that's really nice to hear because we just had a client that, I mean, she sent us three emails. Do you split your discounts? And we just tell, to clarify, just to clarify, you don't split your normal 20% discount. And first of all, I don't know where she got a normal customary 20% discount, but I ended up send, telling her very nicely. If we did that, then we would be out of business very quickly. You know, I had to explain my business model to her. So hearing you say that if you want to work with me, not only do you have to, you know, pay my fee, my flat rate, because I'm so freaking awesome, but you also also have to buy, you know, twenty yeah. to a hundred thousand dollars worth of stuff for me because I'm that awesome and my stuff is awesome and you're not going to shop me, right? But but it, but it's also how you t- you know when Liz talks to somebody on the phone for the first time, a lead on the phone, 
then we're telling them that we explain it to them. So people can't always grasp all of that. Then we follow up with an email and it reiterates that exact thing. This is how we work. It talks about how when we come out from our initial consultation, we're not really doing any design work per se. We are coming out there for a discovery call to talk to you, to talk about your job. And we do charge for that. It's anywhere from $450 to $500, depending on where you are. We have very few people that balk at that, quite frankly. We really don't. I'm shocked sometimes that some, I'll look up the house. I'm thinking they really probably shouldn't be paying us to come out there and do that. Same here. You know, we do the same thing. I'm like, they what? We charge four and a quarter. Yeah. So sometimes you wonder about it, right? But anyway, so, but we do talk to them about how (laughs) then we come back and we develop a specific proposal for your project and we give you a list of deliverables. And I am very specific about it because I want, don't want anyone ever to say to me, Oh, Hey, you know, you didn't do this or I thought you were going to do that or whatever. I don't want any miscommunication. So we listed out these are, this is what we're going to do for you. This is what you're going to pay us. And this is what you're going to spend on the objects that we're talking about or the, the pieces of the, whatever the, the budget is. And you know, that's the quid pro quo. So you, we're going to give you this. You're going to give us that. We're all happy. Everything is good. And we, we generally speaking don't have problems with that. People understanding about that. We have never had anybody not go over a budget except maybe one or two on smaller jobs. And sometimes those smaller jobs can be really great because you get in and get out and you're boom de boom and you, you know, or it's somebody, something that I don't have to be that involved in that somebody else here can handle. I mean, Liz handles some jobs on her own. I'm just there as sort of like a person amused to play off of her ideas and things like that because they're smaller <laughs> jobs. It just depends. But the bottom line is, is that's, here's, here's why we do that and why I think flat fees are, are the best is because I have to project income because I have a mortgage. My company holds a mortgage on this property that has a small, tiny little 800 square foot warehouse on it and a carriage house. So I've got 6,000 hmm. square feet or so here and the company holds a mortgage on it. I've got the electric bill that comes every month, the heating bill that comes every month. Well, right. for, well maybe it comes for four months and then the employees, everything like that. So, so we have to be able to project income. And I think most businesses need to be able to do that, but I don't know that people always think about it, but that's where the expenditure is. And we explain that to people and people go, Oh yeah, that makes total sense. So when you tell people how it works, like you said, with your people, you know, with your saying, Hey, we wouldn't be a business. People should get that. If they don't get it, then you really don't need to be bothered with them. I'm okay because I, you know, I know that our value and I know that we're extremely talented and the jobs we pull off are gorgeous and we're worth it, but sometimes it's really frustrating. But Cheryl, I have to, th- I have to say, I think that I might be hearing here that you are definitely pro store showroom. <laughs> but what I wanted to ask you, so, uh, okay. So how has, uh, I, I'm, I'm looking at the, I jotted down some notes. So you're your own shipping receiving. Well, yes and no. So that's a, that's got to save yeah, you some no, money. No, 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 no. That's a whole different, that's a whole different ball of wax. We have a, a warehouse, we have a small warehouse for all the crapola that you're going to collect that you don't have any place to put in the showroom. Um, and then we, we also, have, we have small things there and then stuff that for the showroom itself, that merchandise for the showroom itself comes into there. Our client stuff goes to our receiver, which is about a mile and a half away, uh, but we okay. check in all of our own. So that's a yes, separate it's thing. It's a separate okay. thing. And we, and we actually you. pay them a flat fee. Um, plus, I don't know, a few bucks every pallet when they consider a, like a piece of furniture a pallet. But we're also receiving tiles and tubs and things like that too there. And they, they, they don't check it in. We check in all of our own stuff, which is mm-hmm. very unusual and different for other people. But I wouldn't, I could not yeah. do it any other way. I just, I just couldn't. Um, I was thinking that might be a nice way to offset though, if you had the, the square footage for it, is just to be your own shipping receiver or no, do you think that'd be too much of a can of worms? Do you have the- it's, there's so much, I think you could do that eventually, but you have to think about the, the, um, lift gates and the, and the, you know, the, mm-hmm. the being able to, the trucks being able to get in the logistics. Into, yeah, yeah. The logistics of it get to be. And shipping and freight and Sometimes receiving and all of that. Sometimes it's easier to pay someone. Yeah, to outsource. <laughs> yeah, well, definitely. We're all about outsourcing. See, and here's here's the thing too. You, you guys are in a big a, a big MSA, and that and that's good. But we're not, and so we we just it's just not it's not for everybody. That's a very case by case kind of thing. And and uh, but for us, I've just been doing it for so long. There's no way I'm gonna make sh- that I'm gonna rely on a receiver to know that a center seam and and you know and a mohair. Mm-hmm. Uh, headboard is not okay because they would look at it and say, yeah, it looks great to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's a center freaking seam in the middle of it. That's not good. So that's I, a really good point. I don't want to ever be surprised. I'm, I'm, 
a little bit of a control freak, I will admit. And I don't want to be surprised. No. At a, and so is, so is Liz. And so we don't want to be surprised at a at an install. Okay. You, know? you have to tell us who Liz is. I, we've been remiss. Liz. Liz is who? Everybody knows. Everybody, so many people met her at Kitchen and Bath Show. I forget that people don't don't know her. Liz is my operations manager uh, slash um, guru of all things here. I mean, she's you know, she's been with me for four years and, um, she's de facto a partner with me, to be honest with you. She just doesn't have to have any of the, the, um, legalities and the problems <laughs> the with that. Yeah. I mean, I tell her all the time, you, you want to make more money? Well, just go get a check and sign it and make you pay yourself more money. I, was, I mean, <laughs> Jesus, I'd do anything for her. I mean, yeah. so she'd be like, no, we can't afford that right now. We need to hire somebody else before we can. <laughs> like, She's your gal Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Remember she is, that from, uh, yeah, uh, exactly. she is more than that. She mm-hmm. really truly is, is, um, just, Great. She's just incredible. And for the wingnuts listening, what the heck is an MSA? Uh, Metropolitan statistical area. So that's for my advertising. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I died there. I'm sorry. Sorry. But yeah, it, it, large, large. Company. I could lie and say I knew what it yeah, was, but no. You're just, I forgot that we're talking to. Hope you're breaking I forget up. It's not just you and I talking that. <laughs> Millions listening. No, it's a, I didn't know what it meant. I don't know what it meant. Yeah, millions. Mil- billions. What the hell? If we're going to lie. Okay. So you, Originally, your showroom, your store was not, it was only for clients. It wasn't for foot traffic people coming in. Yeah, for a month. Okay. For, only for a month. Yeah, for a month. Okay. So that turned over really quick. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to guess because you're able to get like, you know, your sofas for a dollar because you buy so many of them mm-hmm. that your overhead and stuff is well compensated by having the showroom. How has it increased? Has it increased the actual design business? Do you get more mm-hmm. clients that just walk in looking for a sofa that say, you know what? What the hell? Design my whole house. Yes, we do. We do get design clients from walk-ins, people that like our aesthetic and, you know, it will turn into a small design job. Um, sometimes people want us to work with them that we really are not a great job fit for us. Uh, so we try to work through mm-hmm. them through the showroom. You know, we try to, to, to work that out uh, with them. And it, it, of course, it all comes down to money and sense, you know, what, what you know, how much profit is there for us to be able to uh, make sure. it's a win-win for us the way we do it i mean clients are buying at the le- at the at the least possible price that they're going to get typically overall mm-hmm. okay again i'm never going to say that there might be one thing somewhere that might be ten dollars less or thirty dollars less or whatever but as long as they buy into our aesthetic and again our experience based on our portfolio reviews all of that and they're paying that fee then the money part of it they're going to spend that money somewhere why not with us? Mm-hmm. Why not with us? Right. And how and how do you determine your retail prices? Do you just go online and say, okay, here's the here's the average cost for this? It depends. Um, here it is on Wayfair for fifty bucks. We're going to sell it for forty nine ninety five. Yeah, we 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 do we do research that, but it's it just depends. I mean, you know, the standard you know uh, retail markup or, or or manufactured markup is like on upholstery and case goods is like a times three. Well, that's ridiculous. Nobody pays that. Uh, exactly. I don't even know why they even make that. I mean, it's like stupid. <laughs> But, but it just depends and it depends on how much people, again, it's, it's like a, you know, a, a business that is based on, you know, someone comes in and says, I have a half a million bucks and I want you to do all this. Well, let me tell you, I'm going to sharpen my pencil a little bit because I'm smart <laughs> that way. And so I think that it, you know, but on the showroom floor, it's, it's a little higher than what a client would pay, of course. But even then, if somebody mm-hmm. comes in and they're looking at, um, adding, you know, buying, you know, more than one piece or two pieces or three pieces, then we, we try to work with them on whatever we can do. And it also depends on if we've had it for a while. I'm, I'm very transparent with people when I go down and talk to people and say, Hey, look, you know, if you see something you want, ask me about it. If I've had it for X amount of time and it's ready to get something new, I'm about ready to go to market and I'm itching to have some, some dollar bills in my pocket to buy new stuff. Then, then ask me about it. I'll tell you the truth, whether I'm going to discount it to you or not, or whatever. I don't say discount. You know what I'm saying? We're very real about it. Do you have designers that work the floor? Like if someone comes in, do you have someone, you know, like, you know, the designer says, here, I, let me see your floor plan and the sofa will fit here, you know, just for the small, the small jobs like <sighs> no, some I, furniture I, stores I, are doing now? I okay. wish, I wish, but we have a very difficult time hiring here. And I've got, I've got a, okay. a fabulous person that is a, uh, a new grad from LSU interior design program that, that we adore. And she um, is, she's really very personal and good, but she's still learning and, and knowing the products sure. and that sort of thing. And uh, space planning and things like that would always default to me because that's that's like my sweet spot on designing homes in general from mm-hmm. the ground up. So yeah, so that would default to me. It, we will try to help people and we will ask questions. I train them to ask the right questions. But when they're coming in on a retail, I can't really be responsible if they're not telling us all the information. So we do tell them that 
sometimes we'll say, hey, we'll come out for our initial consultation fee just to take a look-see. And, uh, and then if you want us to draw a plan and do all that, it would be X amount of money. And then I turn it over to somebody else that is, you know, more junior, you know, in the shop. So I wish that we had somebody that was really fabulous. And we have over the years at different times had somebody, I mean, Liz was great at that, but unfortunately she's now, you know, running the show. There's that Liz again. There's that Liz, but we still go downstairs. I will tell Sam, no, I don't care what I'm doing other than maybe a podcast on the wingnut social. You come and get me. (laughs) Nothing is too important than somebody that is downstairs and ready to spend money. Nothing is as important as that. (laughs) Except this podcast. I'm glad you got your priority straight. That's exactly right. Okay. So we listen to podcasts. You and I both do. And I have heard other designers and people who've had showrooms and stores who have since said, nope, it's just not worth it. It's, you know, it didn't work out for me. You know, I got shopped too much. I'm just doing the design firm. What, I mean, if you had to guess, what do you think that it is that you're doing right that they maybe missed or aren't doing? Uh, You know what? I don't know. I'd have to analyze everybody's individual. I think a lot of people aren't meant to be uh, retailers because it's, it's, it's a, it's not an easy thing to do. It really isn't. I think that a lot of people Mm -hmm. don't have a good grasp on their business model. Whereas we articulate ours in every day, really lodging it, articulating it and talking about it every day um, and how we work. And we're always, you know, refining those processes and whatnot. But I think that uh, for us, it's, it's some people don't have a good location. Some people are near a a big store. Some people don't, aren't, they're doing, we we don't do what other people are doing. When you come into our shop, it does not look like the two major furniture stores that are down the street that are more restoration, hard, beautiful stores too, by the way, both of them are beautiful stores, Mm -hmm. absolutely stunning. One is huge. We stand out because we're very colorful. We have a, a, a little El Decor beats the coast kind of look going on. We have we have established um, again. You know, my my original background is marketing and sales and, and advertising in the at Needham Harper, which is a, a big company. It was my first job out of school, and it is uh, we are I, we are always establishing what makes us unique, and some of that is just the product. Uh, mix that you carry. And then some of it, we also have the best vintage glass collection on the East Coast by 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 far, like not even close. Is there anybody I've ever mm. been into anybody's shop or heard about that has it? And that vintage glass is something that people come in to look at. And it's fine with me because I hate, hate, hate selling it. Liz sold seven sets of vintage glass Saturday. <laughs> and I thought I was had lost a child. I was so upset about it. <laughs> and she goes, Cheryl, we're here. It's got a price tag on it. It's going to be sold. But that, but it makes us different. So the point about that is that it, it's something different. And people will say, have you been to that quirky little place down on Ninth Avenue that has all that cool vintage glass? I mean, have you, you know, my mother had a set like that. We hear that all the time. Or my grandmother, I don't care if people buy it because I could sell it all tomorrow and barely make the mortgage payment. So it's not like it's a big money maker or anything. Don't get me wrong. What it does, it's a marketing thing. That is a marketing mm-hmm. way for us to stand out. But it's that plus all the other little things that we have that it's in an old house. The right. building is uh, our building is in an old house um, that's on a major streets. They go so fast, quite frankly, it's hard for people to even notice that we're here because that's how fast <laughs> the street goes. So it's got a lot of architectural detail. We've got some cool things in the building. We've got some really cool wallpaper on the ceilings and we've done, you know, some interesting things like that um, that people like to see. We've got several bathrooms that people can see if they want to see that that are all unique. So we have really worked hard on bringing our personality. And I think that's something important. And I'm not sure that everybody does that. I, I, I do look at other retail shops and sometimes I see them and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know. I, maybe they're, they're just, they're going along with the trends. You know, everybody wants white and beige and restoration hardware and Sheplap or whatever the hell, you know, is the soup du jour, you know, and we're trying to, yeah. And you know what? Here's the thing. I can't do that as well as the other two stores in my location because they have a lot more money than I do. And they have a lot more employees and a lot more, a lot of things, a lot more space. So I had to make that conscious decision to, to go left when everybody was going right because, and it's our aesthetic too, but it's not like the rooms in this building are made up like a client's house. It just may have some elements to it, you know? So I think that's the balance that people have to, to really, um, to really hit on that. And again, I want to make sure it's very clear to you guys and to anybody listening that it's not like we have hordes of people every day in here buying shit. Okay. That's not the way it works. We, we have a good <laughs> presence in the marketplace and it grows every month. You know, we sell more and more off the floor, but really where we're making the most 
money is because we have our, it's working with our own clients because we're buying at the best possible thing for our client. So they don't have to worry their pretty little head about getting it on Wayfair or wherever the hell, you know, cheaper Mm -hmm. than what I'm, than what I am, I am, we're proposing to. And sometimes it's less because, you know, we have a big job and there's a great chandelier and it's not really, it's kind of breaking the budget. And, but I'm thinking of all the great photographs I'm going to get and how freaking awesome it's going to be. Somehow or another, that chandelier just gets a little bit mysteriously less expensive. And, and we, and you know what? We say that, Darla, (laughs) we say that to people up front and they, and you're bringing them into that sort of, that sort of feeling to where it's not a, we're a, we're a team, you know, we're not, we're not like on other side on each side of the equation right. where we're selling to them. We help people buy. We don't sell to them. We help them buy. And I think that that is the difference. That's okay. So do you think that you're so, well, I'm hearing it, but I just want to just because before we get into the what up wing, wingnut round, I want to just be very clear. So your design business has definitely benefited from me having the showroom and the bottom line, you're even with the mortgage, even with the employees, even with the, because I did notice you have a mortgage on it. So you do own the property. I mean, we would rent if we did something like that. But I mean, the overhead's similar, I would think. Yeah, you you're a big advocate for showrooms. I like it. I'm, let me tell you, I'm convinced. I, I was telling Natalie in the intro uh, that you're only 10 hours away. Well, she told me you're 10 hours away. I'm she talking, said you were our neighbor. And I'm like, darling, she's in do Florida. you realize how far Pensacola is from us? <laughs> I, I want to come see your showroom. I'm not kidding. Yeah, you should. You should. And it's not, there's been people that have come in and see it, but I will tell you that it's not, you're not going to walk in and go, this, here's, here's the other thing too. I owe mm-hmm. nobody. The only people I know are the nice. o, are the people that we have a van that I had to buy on 1231-2017 to avoid some unfortunate <laughs> tax situations. So I bought Uh-oh. a van on 1231 and um, we have that and it's all labeled and everything and we use it every day. We love it. But also we owe, I owe nobody. Okay. Everything has been done except for the mortgage on the, on the building. And this, this place sure. was originally 400,000, 375. I bought it, I added another hundred grand bad. into it. So yeah. yeah, up here, you know, it's, so probably got half a million into the property. Every bit of that, every bit of that is all paid from what we do in, in, in wow. my business. Okay. So not, so that's the thing I don't, oh, I don't, I don't take out loans to buy inventory. If we don't have the money, we don't buy it. Okay. If, uh, I love it. It's, it's very, it's, it's very, again, this is the whole thing with the, with my, with my Facebook group and everything else. I'm trying to focus on things that people, other people might not be talking about or whatever. And that mm-hmm. is really the more business oriented you know, side of it, but, but it's not, it's, it's not like it's easy to do, or that I'd say, Hey, anybody should go and do this. I think there's a lot of questions you have to ask yourself. And there's a lot of your own personality type that you have to deal with. Our showroom is not something it's, it's cool looking and there's videos and stuff on my Facebook page. You can look at it, but I, and people do come in, I will say this too, from 20 Mm -hmm. to like 85, 95, maybe, and (laughs) and say they love it because I track every single person that comes in is on Trello on our project management board and everybody is supposed to say, you know, I want to know. And if it's something they come in and they go, very expensive. I don't like this place. I want to know it. I want to know everything people hmm. say. So we track comments from people. Um, what do you do? You follow them around with drones. How do you get this information? <laughs> <laughs> it's all training. It's all training the people to, to engage with them and talk Ninja to them. Sales. Now, some, is it Liz? Yeah, but sometimes they say, it's Liz, isn't no, it? it's not Liz. No, she used to be. She was, she would write a damn book. Okay. Like Liz, seriously, like I'm falling asleep reading your Trello entries on the, on the thing. I mean, I'll send you one of them. I'll send you one just for fun. I'll send you one first, but, Put it but in the show yeah, notes. Sam and Jen who are downstairs, they, they may not always get a name. They may not always, uh, you know, do get like a profile, so to speak. Um, but they do, they do get information if they can. And if they don't, they'll say, Hey, you know, two ladies came in, uh, with a small kid. They look to be like me in their, you know, mid forties, whatever. They were in and out very quickly, said it was nice and they'll come back or they were on their lunch and they could. So sometimes it's just that kind of a comment, but I pay a lot of, I pay a lot of attention to that. So, so we do get a lot of good feedback, but is it, you know, I walk around sometimes, darling, I go, God, you know, it looks like a damn garage sale in here. We need to, we need to, I need to spend a day. Nothing wrong with a good garage sale. I love a good garage yeah, sale. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. I just, I just need my, I just need confirmation that from what I'm hearing and what I'm listening. Obviously, it's been a lot of information for me to digest. But if you could, if I'm right, 
that if you're going to suggest to a designer that wants a showroom, they better have a damn good business plan yes. plan in place. Correct? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or bottom have, line, or have Cheryl smarts. She's obviously or have really Liz. Smart. Yeah, yeah. Or Liz. Yeah. We can yeah. have Liz. Cheryl or Liz, yeah, Liz. And, and you'd be yeah. Good. The Liz and Cheryl, so the Liz and Cheryl show should be syndicated. I'm telling you, we're great <laughs> together. But but it, but start a podcast. You know, uh, yeah, let me add that to my list. But but yes, you you really but but Natalie, it's true. Okay, and that's the thing I I want to you know make sure that we do emphasize to people is that it is not for the the faint of heart. There is a lot to it. Um, you know, I'm writing about this now. Like I told you, Darla, I'm, I'm desperately trying to get this ready by high point because I think there's a lot of people that are interested based on the, the feedback I get of trying to really go through. And, and it's been hard to write it all. And you know why is because every time I go down like a chapter or a topic, there's so many little, uh, tributaries, you know, off the river that I go down that you need to talk about too. <laughs> Rapid. Yeah. And, and I think that, so I think it's a very, and plus it depends on the market you're in, like you're in Miami. So if you're in a suburb of Miami and there's a, a little downtown or a cute place pace or something like that, that's great. Mm-hmm. But the future of retail is really that you have to go out and grab your customer anyway. So we're in a decent location, but it's set back off the road because it was originally a house built in 1910, you know, and it is on a next door to me is an audio visual place that is in a, a, a metal building, you know? So that gives you the idea of what I'm dealing with. So we don't, we, mm-hmm. yeah, we put a big sign out. We, we've got uh, like a little open sign. We, we put little, uh, little fence, you know, those little signs you stick in the ground that says, you know, vintage glass, right. furnishings, cool shop, come in and see us, please <laughs> come visit. But it, all these things are hard to do. But to me, that doesn't matter. So like when I'm talking to somebody about this and they talk about, I ask about the location and I want to know about that. But it's really, you have to be able to drive your traffic also, because that is the future of retail. It is no longer where, and that's why these, these companies are, 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 are failing, these large companies, is because they got complacent. These big companies, the Toys R Us and the, and the Z Gallery, they got complacent, okay? Because what was sufficient to get you where you are today is not sufficient to keep you there. And no, that is the, and, and small designers and small firms like myself and like yours, we have, we, we have, we are able to pivot much easier and quicker because you don't have this lumbering giant of a, of a company to have to go through. So right. all that infrastructure. infrastructure. Yeah. So if you are like Natalie says, if you have a good business mind and you approach this correctly, it can be successful in a lot of different markets and it could work, but you have to understand you have to, I know a lot about retail and about the marketplace because I study it and, and that's just, I've been in it for a long time, but you have to really right. understand all that or you are not going to, right. uh, to be able to be successful, you know, with it. And, but, it, but you don't okay. have to have be on Main Street USA and have a shop right there and pay all that high rent because that's why showrooms in general, like Dakota and places like that, ADAC, are suffering right now is because the rents have gotten so high. It's why Duralee has a, has a problem. What do they do? They had to get rid of their, um, a lot of their leases because it was just too expensive. So, so I think that that's part of this whole thing is, is, is thinking about it from a business standpoint, but you don't have to be in the most perfect place because the whole idea of someone like us and you doing this is to, uh, drive your own traffic with your own clients and also go out and grab that client you know, by the neck and bring them into your shop, not just wait for them to come in. I also like the the level of service that it adds for your clientele and your credibility, because now as it is, we're shopping online, we're shopping at High Point, we're shopping through third party people. But I would love to be able to say, you know, Mrs. Client, I think the sofa is going to go really well. And instead of taking them shopping, say, hey, come to the showroom, come to our come to our studio. Here it is. I, it creates a lot of value. Exactly. And think about what you what you do with your with your people, social media and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and the website, we always want to keep people on our website, right? We want to keep it on our mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you want to keep them in your shop or in your, in your sphere? I just cannot even imagine, can't even imagine ever going out and taking a client to another shop. Okay. I just can't, yeah. I cannot even, that just that makes me want to vomit right here on the, on it's the It's not something podcast. I enjoy. So that's another aspect of it. I would like to just have it in my own shop. But Cheryl, I have one last question yeah. for you before okay. we get into what up wingnut. Okay. Um, tell us a little bit about your coaching services. Okay. Well, this is a relatively new thing for me to do, but, uh, we are, um, w- along with the small business, think big. I am doing a, um, consulting really because I'm, I'm coaching is kind of one of those words that I don't really is on my, it's okay. not on my band consulting. word list, but, but yeah, we are, we are doing that. <laughs> I've, I've just, uh, we've got a little thing on our website about it now and it, it it's a, it's a little blurb and then it says coming soon. More- 
and I do it, but I'm trying to help people navigate uh, the retail end of it, but also some people that are just um, at a at a stalling point in their in their career. It, so far, the people I've been working with have been people that are somewhat established. Um, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't work with new designers, but it um, it's that's just the way it has been because I'm kind of tough, you know. And I tell people up front that you know don't don't you know be, be prepared for me to tell you what I really think because that's just what I tell clients. You, that's what you're paying for. You're not paying for me to blow smoke. You are yeah. paying for me to tell you what I really think. And if you don't don't like that, then then we don't have to continue to work together. But anyway, yeah, I'm doing that now, and uh, I'm not. I'm being kind of selective on what I do because of the time issue and that sort of thing. But I hope to do more of it um, as we find those other two elusive employees. <laughs> I can, so I can stop having to wash the dishes and the floors and all the other day, you know, nighttime jobs I have to do. <laughs> I know we're hiring two for the design firm. We're looking for an additional designer. It is, it is really hard. They're doing interviews as sapping. Oh, yeah. I would definitely hire you as a consultant, by the way. Okay. Now I have to ask you, Cheryl Keys, Clendenin. Drum roll. <laughs> Are you ready for the What Up Wingnut round? I am ready. Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. If you were a tree, what kind of tree would you be and why? A live oak. Because then in Pensacola, you have to go and get a permit for $75 to even cut a branch. And I kind of like that sort of idea. If I'm going to be a tree, I might as well be a live oak, right? Live oak tree. Do you guys have live oaks down there? Probably not. Yeah, I think so. Don't we? We have oaks. I don't know if they're live oaks or not. I mean, they're not dead. New Orleans has live oaks. (laughs) If you were on death row, what would your last meal be? Oh, God. That's a good one. I don't really know. what my. I think a glass of wine. Krispy Kreme donuts and a carne asada quesadilla. Can I do three things? I can totally get down with that. If you could have only one superhero power, what would it be and why? You know what? I've always hated that one. I used to say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know really what I, it's really a good question. And I really do not know what superpower I probably to, to, to clone myself, but no, that's scary. I don't want to do that. Forget that. Don't even put that out in the universe because I wouldn't want another me running multiplicity. around. Multiplicity. Yeah. Multiplicity. I would clone Liz. I'd be a cloner. I would clone Liz. I'd have, no, she's tough too. I don't know. I'm going to have to pass on that one. I'll have to pass on that one. You're going to, okay. All right. You're just going to be a a normal non mutant No, no, no. I mean, I'd like to teleportation. No, teleportation. Teleportation. I would do that. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Slid under the wire. She's safe. What book has had the biggest impact on you and your business? Okay. So I read all the time, but there is a book uh, by John Maxwell, How Successful People Think. It's small. I keep it in my purse. Um, and I love it. I read it when I'm at the doctor's office. I've read it a thousand times. It's dog-eared. It's a great book, but I also like The E-Myth, I think is a great book. Hard to slog through. Um, that's a good one. There is, there's a, there's really a lot of books. I think that just uh, books in general are great for people to read. You know, it, it just, I learned so much from a little bit of everything of, of what I'm reading. And so I, I think that, but the, John Maxwell, that, that book is some of his stuff gets a little, you know, out there, but I think that overall it's, it's been a great book for me to reframe my thinking because that's really important to me uh, is to just to constantly be reframing my, my thinking about something when I have a problem. Cause we deal with problems every day, just like you do and everybody else listening does. And I have to reframe my thinking. Otherwise I might be in jail or something. And I don't want to. So that's how successful people think by John Maxwell. Of course, I'm going to grab me a copy. I do every podcast we do. I pretty much end up spending money and Natalie grits her teeth. It's a good, it's a good one though. And Natalie might like that one too. And it's very easy to read. So you can just take, pop it out at the stoplight. Does it have pictures? No, there's no pictures. I like pictures. (laughs) Yeah. I'm probably not going to read that. (laughs) Sorry, Natalie. Cheryl, thank you so much for joining us on the Wingnut Social Podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm telling you, I'm kidding. I I really want to do this. I'm going to, Natalie and I are going to have a little convo. She's over there. No, I'm so excited. Natalie's going to hate me already and she hasn't even met me yet. And we're going to do a 10 hour road trip. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, girl. Make sure you do it when it's nice out. I have to meet Liz. Yeah. You have to meet Liz. Liz is amazing. You'll meet her at, at market. She'll be at market. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah, that's right. I'm looking forward to meeting you there. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot to wrap our heads around. We appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. Natalie and Graf, I want a shop. I want a studio with a showroom shoppy thingy in there like Cheryl Keys. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom. Freedom. That's <laughs> all you can think of. Freedom. You can take my land. Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Nelson. No. no. You should. You should. Don't quit your day job. And Bella. I want to do a ten-hour road trip so I can go up there and just really stalk her and pick her brain. And she really can't get rid of me because it's in real life. She can't like hang up and say, "Okay, that's enough." Good luck with that. She'd get a restraining order. I guess she could. 
<laughs> she could. She could. She I tell you, I, mm-hmm. that was uh, my head is spinning. Um, did she convince you at all? Did you think it? Did she make some good points for you? Because you're the you're the practical one out of both of us. You're the pragmatist. You're the money girl. Did it Did it make sense with it you did. at least as far as bringing in as offering that value no, to des- to design clients? Absolutely. Because right now we're schlepping them around. We're getting sofas from here. We're doing you know from absolutely. It, it makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. And it would save us time. It would save the client's money, actually, if you think about the hours we spend shopping. We said we could be like, hey, sit your, you know, powdered butt here in this comfortable. Okay. You know, cha-ching. You know what? It would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. And the that investment's a lot lower than I thought. I thought she it was going to say, I, when you said a hundred grand, I was like, oh, that's going to be kind of low. You're just going to have, you know, a bowl of. And she said it was. Blow said- pops and some handkerchiefs. For that, I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, it's this just... This digressing, Darla. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, it's okay, been a long no. day. It has been a long My day, My Snickers but... is wearing off. I'm turning I'm into Joe Pesci. I'm turning into Joe Pesci, like Joe the Pesci? commercial. Yeah. Okay. No, um, actually, a showroom, if you can do it and you can swing it, just have a great business model. So if you can come up with a great business model... Or call that, Cheryl. She's got a consulting business, for God's sake. If you can come up with a great business mm-hmm. model, we can discuss it. I'll call Cheryl. Cheryl and Liz. Absolutely. The mysterious Liz, Liz the with mysterious no last Liz name. with no last name. Yes. No, I'm really – so this is something I would like to explore a little bit. I mean, we got two businesses here and we still have to, you know – Hey, what's a third? Why not? No, no it's not a third. It's in addition to the third. We have Wingnut Social. We have Darla Palantiris. And just last week, we were talking to Marianne Cherico about adding staging. I think we should put a pin in it. I think we should put a pin on it. Let it marinate a little bit. But I, Cheryl, she definitely has her ducks in a row. Absolutely. So wingnuts, if you're out there and you're thinking, I, I, there's been a, a few podcasts on this subject and people have been negative. Cheryl's decidedly positive. Might be worth checking out the show notes at wingnutsocial.com, getting her deets, contact info, you know, picking up the phone, see... I think that'd be a consultation that would be well worth the investment if you've been, you know, deciding. Absolutely. After speaking to Cheryl, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would definitely be well worth your time. I mean, the girl, effort. she knows exactly what she's talking about. She's been there, done that for since 2005. So if you like what you're hearing, guys, please leave us a review. It really helps new listeners to find the show and it helps us with that podcast algorithm there. You know, everything's got an algorithm this day and age. It's all just a little numbers game. Also, please follow us on all our social channels at Wingnut Social. If you're just tied up and you have no idea what to do with your marketing and your social media, then give us a call at 1-877-WINGNUT. We'd be more than happy to help you. Shana Heinrich is standing by. <laughs> and I think that's it for this week, right now. We'll see you at Luann Live, and if we don't see you there, we'll see you at High Point, or maybe we'll see you at both. So long. See ya. You've reached the end of this episode of Wingnut Social, but that's only your first step. Be sure to head to wingnutsocial.com to reach out to us directly and schedule your free consultation with one of our Wingnut Social Media Specialists to take your business from social mediocre to social media master. We'll see you on the next episode of Wingnut Social, your social media tightly fastened. We'll see you at Luann Live, and if we don't see you there, we'll see you at your high at high point. Uh. Cheryl Keys Clendenin is the owner and lead designer of Indeed. Hey there, wingnuts, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Park.